Welcome, welcome to the Carl Vibe Show. We are live on YouTube, and we'll be broadcasting as well on all of the podcast platforms. So welcome to the show. Uh, this one has been a long time coming. The most viewed video on this channel so far, besides ones that I've had to delete to try and get monetization, is a video where I tried to discuss the theory of the matrix, which is a really complicated theory that has to do with um, the nature of reality and human consciousness and being able to awaken or enlighten in such a way that you become aware of the true nature of reality uh, to the point where you can manifest or bend reality in certain ways. And it can sound kind of crazy or science fiction, but the concept is, is there any actual philosophy or science or interesting truth behind the movie, The Matrix? And there is a new Matrix movie coming out, The Matrix 4, The Matrix uh, Resurrection. And it stars Keanu Reeves and uh, a whole bunch of really great actors. And the movie trailer recently dropped. And so I thought it would be really cool on this channel, on Carl Vibe and on the podcast show to do something a little bit different and a little bit fun. Uh, I originally planned on doing this type of episode on Mondays. And I'll ask all of you what you guys think. But if I did it on Mondays, then the idea would be that... Um, we could call it like uh, Mystical Movie Mondays, where I take a movie like The Matrix or a television show or a movie like Inception or Doctor Strange. Um, one of these uh, really kind of interesting uh, interstellar uh, science fiction or philosophical type movies that make you think about reality and human consciousness and different things, uh, maybe even UFOs or extraterrestrials and those types of paranormal movies. And maybe on uh, Mondays, I will do live shows where we talk about those and we discuss those together. And that way we can talk about the philosophical implications and theories behind our favorite movies like Star Wars and um, obviously The Matrix because there's a new one coming out. And so I thought that would be a fun idea and something that we could do to shake things up uh, and the content and kind of keep it fresh and be a way to kind of take these ancient philosophical ideas and transcendental meditation concepts, ways of seeing reality um, and all these different concepts and approach it in a way that's actually palatable for uh, maybe younger generations or other people that are into movies and pop culture. It's a fun way to have a, a deeper conversation about those things and connect with something that's really fun uh, that we all have in common. We all, if we all like movies and we're all having a good time, then it's easier to discuss like really cool stuff, um, like philosophy, UFOs, out of body experiences, remote viewing, and how Hollywood is kind of, uh, maybe even infiltrated by the CIA in a little ways, uh, in a little bit, uh, to try and help with disclosure and help, uh, also, run propaganda to confuse the topic, to keep people limited in what their actual capabilities are. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to take a stab at it. I know that it's not Monday, but I wanted to revisit this topic because I did get a lot of comments uh, on the last take where I mentioned the movie, The Matrix, and we talked about this theory of there is no spoon. And I actually brought a spoon with me up into the studio as a, as a <laughs> visual representation for those of you 
that are watching live and can see. Um, the idea is that in the movie, The Matrix, Neo is in, in his regular mundane job. And there are going to be spoiler alerts and all these. If you have not seen The Matrix, I don't know where you've been. So we're going to be discussing The Matrix and all of the plot points and even the theories and philosophies behind it that might actually change your life a little bit. So um, the idea is that in the movie, The Matrix, Neo is approached by Morpheus and Morpheus gives him the opportunity to awaken from his current perceptual awareness of reality and to escape the matrix. Morpheus reveals to him that everything that he seems to take for granted as apparent reality is actually a simulation or a hologram. It's a false uh, psychic experience that is being projected into the minds of humanity and in including him, Neo, uh, from an artificial intelligence. And this AI or artificial intelligence is projecting the entire reality of what you call your day-to-day -day life into the brain of somebody who's actually just trapped in kind of a hibernation pod to be used like a battery as an energy source for these AI robots in order to take over the world. So the concept is that Earth is now a prison planet and humanity is enslaved into these like embryonic pods. And Morpheus helps Neo to awake to this reality, unplug him from the matrix. And he does this by taking him to the Oracle. And the Oracle is, uh, for those of you that are watching on screen, is this little child um, who reveals to Neo that the true nature of reality is that there is actually no spoon. And that is kind of a phenomenal realization for Neo to understand in that moment he uh, has this epiphany or this kind of meditative realization that things that he think are solid and fixed in physical reality, suddenly, be, apparently, it becomes realized that they are, it's not quite so. Um, and as he has this realization, reality flexes. And it's not so much that he is bending the spoon with this psychic energy of his mind, like he's using some sort of magnetic signal from his subconscious in order to flex the molecules in the spoon like a magician and to bend the spoon. But the idea is, is that as Neo becomes aware of the profound sutra of the oracle, this epiphany, this uh, realization that he has, is that there actually is no spoon at all. So what does that mean? How is it that there is no spoon because it actually in this movie, it goes much deeper than that. It's not only that there is no spoon, but there is no room. There is no other people in the room and there is actually no Neo. When he looks down at his own hands and his arms at the apartment complex and the hallway, suddenly as he goes into this realization, not only does the spoon bend and flex in reality and distort under his perceptions. But this is happening as his conscious awareness uh, perceives and awakens to the true nature of reality. And that's that it's not only not as physical as he thought, but it's a total illusion. And so what he realized, I know that these slides are a little bit difficult to see. I threw this together really quick. 
for those of you on screen, but what he realizes in that moment, Neo, is that reality is not what it seems. Just like being a character in a video game, he suddenly realizes that the entire fabric of the realm that he's standing in, that he thought was in the city that he's lived his whole life, where he went to work, has his friends, all of his relationships, he realizes suddenly that all of that is an illusion. Just like realizing suddenly that your entire life is a virtual reality, a holographic simulation. And in the movie, they refer to this as the matrix. And as his conscious awareness becomes keenly aware of this at a deep level, at a subatomic level, his subconscious is able to interface and connect with that fabric of reality or interface with the matrix, kind of like a hacker. And he's able to then non-conform outside the barriers of the limitations and the rules of the coding of the matrix and sort of bend reality supernaturally in a kind of a paradoxical way. And so as Neo is sitting there and he's looking at uh, the spoon and trying to comprehend this and contemplate this, keep in mind, it's not that Neo has any kind of phenomenal superpower that makes him special. It's that his awareness opens up and he sees reality from a different point of view. In esoteric terms, in ancient terms, this sort of epiphany is called Advaita. It's also referred to in modern terms as non-duality. Advaita actually means uh, non-dual or not two, not separate. And it's kind of a difficult paradox to understand because it means that everything in reality is actually one unified field. And we can look at this and try to understand it from a scientific perspective, from a philosophical perspective, uh, from a theoretical perspective. And every which way you look at it, even if you go into the ancient teachings, uh, looking at Ramana Maharshi and ancient philosophies of Buddhism and everything, uh, Advaita is a very old, thousands of years old teaching. And the esoteric teachings in the, in the ancient Egypt were also similar to this, was this realization of oneness that the individual consciousness and soul is not separate from, from the phenomenon of the whole of reality. So as we talk about this, it gets really interesting because as Neo becomes self-aware and he fathoms this, then the spoon begins to bend. It arcs in front of his awareness. And has, you notice as he tips his head and leans his head to one side, the spoon also bends uh, under his conscious awareness. And it's like as he opens up to the understanding of the true nature of reality, reality gets a little bit more loose. Just like if you are in a virtual reality game playing Grand Theft Auto or doing something like that, and you realized that energetically you were just a character within the game, then suddenly you could realize that there are glitches within reality, within the matrix. There's holes. There's things that are not quite perfect slippages or distortions where you can clip through walls or you can bend the rules or you can install hacks and upgrades or become consciously aware that uh, the consequences within the game are not quite what they seem. And thereby you can bend the rules or the laws of physics in a very non-physical or paranormal type of way. And this is what Neo does in the movie. He realizes this as an epiphany and he awakens to his true potential. And that realization is nothing different than the realization that everything in the realm of reality that he considers his real life day to day is not separate 
from his perceptions and his awareness. And so we're going to talk about how that's possible and what that philosophy could mean. Because as Neil steps out into the hall and he realizes and sees reality sort of as a holographic reality or a simulated universe, he sees this kind of alien artificial intelligence code. And that includes the floor, the walls, the ceiling. Oh my goodness, I've got a call coming in. And as he sees through the fabric of reality, he realizes that it's not as solid as he thought. It's an energetic illusion uh, that feels apparently physical. It feels and seems real. But he, as a physical body, is not separate from the whole of the code. He is a unified part of that entire code. And this is where it gets really interesting. <clears throat> so if we just think about it for a second and back up here, then let's just go back to the spoon. So philosophically, we can sit here and look at the spoon that Neo was holding and like I'm holding in my hand right now. And if we want to get uh, really interesting with it, we realize that what we call a spoon is really made up of subparts or substrate components. So what we call a spoon is really just a name or jargon, a title, and a story that we've assigned as humanity and given to this object. But really, what is the spoon made of? The spoon is made of subcomponent parts, which is stainless steel. Okay. And so you say, let's look at this spoon and say, how much of this spoon is made of spoon? If you put it on a scale and said, okay, we're going to divide this up, we're going to take However, however much percentage of this spoon is spoon, and we'll put it over here in this pile, and, and option number A on this stack. And over here on number B, we're going to put how much of this is stainless steel. And you would have to say that the stainless steel comes before the spoon, because you can have stainless steel without a spoon, but you can't have this spoon without the stainless steel. It's like the chicken or the egg kind of question. It becomes a little bit paradoxical. But as you look at the spoon, you realize, well, the pile that it has to go in is sort of a superposition. It's sort of both in a paradox. It is a spoon. It actually is a spoon, and we all agree upon that. So we can put it over here in pile number A and say, yes, we all agree that this is a spoon 100%. But before that, the subcomponents of that the matrix of the spoon is that it's stainless steel. And so we say, okay, we also have to 100% say it's stainless steel over here in this pile. And we put it in option number B. But then you look at it even closer, which is what scientists love to do. They like to get microscopes out. They like to look at the molecular components and dig in deeper and deeper into everything and find all the layers underneath it. And so we look at the spoon and you go in deeper into the spoon and say, okay, well, it's, let's say it's not, we can't just call it a spoon, it's stainless steel. But what is stainless steel made out of? Stainless steel is made of subcomponent parts again. There's deeper layers to the spoon, subcomponent layers to the spoon um, that we say is stainless steel, but that stainless steel is iron and minerals and an entire process of 
I'm not even sure how they make stainless steel and what the subcomponent parts are. Maybe there's like zinc and minerals and all the different things that go into forming and making stainless steel. And so you have to say how much of the stainless steel is actually iron and minerals that come from the earth. And you say, okay, well, it is 100% stainless steel. We can all agree upon that, as well as being 100% spoon. But it's also fully and completely the subcomponent minerals and uh, like the uh, iron and the different uh, metals that make it up. And then you say, well, okay, well, what is iron made of? And you go even closer and there are molecular components to iron and subcomponents to that. And in the end, if you, if you keep going deeper and deeper into it, you realize that the fabric of like everything that we consider this spoon is actually made up of subcomponents and you get into molecules. So now we're not only down into the periodic table of elements, but you go deeper than that. And what is the spoon made of if not just prime elements like uh, protons and neutrons and electrons? And then it gets really strange because when you start talking about electrons, electrons are actually not electrons. Electrons are singular. There is one electron that is capable of being all electrons at once in superposition. So there's really a electron field uh, that you're experiencing. So this spoon technically is made of electrons in a field that's not even separate from all of the other uh, components of the room and reality and even yourself. It's very fascinating, even according to science. So if you even go deeper, you say, okay, so there's protons, neutrons, and electrons, these little <laughs> photon molecules. But what's in between those molecules? You go even deeper, and there's these subatomic, subquantum particles, quarks, just energetic fields, this electromagnetic field or magnetism, these phenomenal energies, and this emptiness, this counter space. So you have this dielectric. Uh, resistance, um, collecting and reflecting light in a holographic physical reality sort of psychic way that feels physical and real that you can pick up just like a spoon. Uh, but also beneath all that, all it is is vibratory energy. It's subatomic dark matter and emptiness. It's moving and vibrating electrons in superposition manifest as a physical reality. It's a magnetic phenomenal field of energy with counter space. And as we dielectrically try to interact with that, it feels physical and real. So beneath all that, how much of this is protons, neutrons, and electrons? And how much of this spoon is spoon? Well, it's 100% proton, neutron, and electron. But how much of it is which? And you can't divide it. And in the same way, let's just think of it in a more simple analogy. Think of it as far as um, math. If you take math at the most simplest form, binary, from zero to one, and you think of it, okay, we can easily count uh, zero, one, two, three, four, five, and you can count up to five, no problem. But paradoxically, try to fathom within yourself how many decimal points are between the zero and the one? 
where do you begin if you are actually going to count every decimal point? Technically, you would have to start at point zero 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 and you could never ever begin. There is infinite decimal points in between the zero and the one, but paradoxically, you can have both. Like an illusion, you could say one, two, three, four, five, and you can count things one, two, three, four, five. Just like you can say, well, here is the spoon, one spoon. But technically, the subcomponent parts in order to get to the spoon from dark matter, empty space, protons, neutrons, electrons, atoms, molecules, elements, iron, oxide, oxida oxidation, human interaction and creativity, heat, uh, smelting, pressing, forming, and making it into something that we call and consider a spoon. But which is it? Is it the subcomponent electrical energy that it's made of? Or is it just the thing that we count it as? So it's very interesting. Just like in a video game, you can walk up to the kitchen counter in a video game in a simulation and you can pick up a spoon off of the counter and the truth is, is that in the video game, what is the spoon actually made of? The spoon is made of the subcomponent energy and the coating exactly the same as the character. And the only thing outside of the game that's different and controlling it is you, the user, and the consciousness behind it, right? So the idea is in the movie The Matrix is that Neo becomes aware of this suddenly in this profound sutra. And as he becomes aware of this, he awakens to the true nature of reality, which is that reality is an illusion. If he realizes it's a matrix, it's a hologram, it's a projected reality, which means that he can focus his intention and his consciousness and bend those rules. He isn't separate from the coding. He and the coding are all one, which means he can flex that energy. He can use his conscious awareness, his meditative abilities, his focus, just like uh, a computer hacker would go in and hack the code of the binary signal of the matrix. He realizes he can use his focus intentions and consciousness like a wizard or a magician or a shaman, uh, like a superhero, and realize that he is one, Advaita, with the source, the subcomponent parts of the universe are no different than him in a unified field. Just like every electron is just one electron uh, superpositioned as every electron all at once. How as a unified field, uh, just like an entire holographic video game can technically just be a block of energy on a hard drive, the entire universe can be a unified field of flowing energy with different manifest perceptions. And your reality in the end is only ever what you're noticing within that. So it gets really interesting, this movie, The Matrix, and what Neo realizes. And I know it's science fiction, and he's just battling artificial intelligence robots and learning kung fu and fighting in the streets in a holographic universe. But the philosophical implications behind it are actually really profound. Because what it means is that if The Matrix reality is actually the way our reality is, then everything from the spoon to you to me to the computer to the desk to the keyboard to even the stars in the sky and the moon and everything in reality could technically be a perceptual illusion, a hologram 
a uh, an illusion or a projection into our conscious mind that we perceive as reality. And then it begs the question, what exists or what sort of entities or alien forms or AI, uh, artificial intelligence might exist outside of our blind spots or outside of our perceptual awareness, outside the code of the video game or the holographic universe of simulation that we exist in that might live in our blind spots and be manipulating our reality. A lot of people think that maybe we live in a type of prison planet reality, a holographic prison where we're trapped in a sort of simulation uh, that we have to become aware of and transcend out of in order to escape, which is what happens in the movie, where Neo becomes aware that his reality and his entire life and everything that he's done up to this point has been an illusion, a holographic simulation. And this epiphany awakens him to the point that reality literally melts around him into kind of this liquid synthetic metal. And then he falls through that, like coming out of the rabbit hole in Alice in Wonderland. And he awakens into realizing that he is just kind of a fleshy battery plugged into this embryonic fluid pod in a giant mechanized artificial intelligence system that he is currently trapped in and being used like a chicken to lay eggs to provide energy for the bat for the robots that have now taken over humanity and enslaved everybody. Now, this is kind of a wild uh, science fiction approach to the idea of uh, the simulation and holographic theory of reality, that this is something that's hijacked or forced upon us like in a prison type way that we are subject uh, to these AI robots controlling reality and we don't even know it. But the idea is, is that as you become aware of that, you realize that there is no spoon. There is no apartment complex. There is no office. There is no computer. There is no me. There is no you. The only thing that persists is that the conscious awareness as an individual participant within the matrix, the player in the game, you as the I am, the singular, is the unified witness of the whole of it. And suddenly that awareness pulls you back out of the matrix and you realize that it's all phony. Everything that you're perceiving is a figment. And so as he realizes this, he looks across and realizes that all of humanity is sort of sleeping or in a comatose sort of state and has no idea that the lives that they're living day to day are part of a maze, a giant psychic illusion to keep them trapped. And if they just had the awakening, that meditative awareness to realize that reality isn't as fixed and solid with all of the names and labels that we give it, then you realize that there is no spoon. Everything that you're taking so serious day to day paradoxically, is made energetically of vibrational nothing. It's just informational awareness. And without you perceiving it as the witness, then you're not there and it doesn't technically exist. And you are not separate from the whole of it. And that includes everything that exists in it. Now, something ex interesting is where it gets phenomenally weird and uh, it dips into reality where the science fiction becomes science fact. And this is an individual named Yuri Geller, and he was part of the Stanford Research Institute. And part of why the theory of the matrix and that there is no spoon became an actual thing uh, 
And the reason for that is that Yuri Geller is a psychic who is alive to this day that actually was known for using telepathy, remote viewing and psychic sort of awareness, just like Neo. And he was known for actually bending spoons. And prominent remote viewers that came out of the Stanford Research Institute that worked for the CIA and the government, which Yuri Geller did, uh, were uh, known to participate in using their mind and conscious awareness to flex and bend the spoons. Not only that, there were other uh, researchers and remote viewers in the Stanford Research Institute, aside from Yuri Geller, uh, that were able to do all sorts of phenomenal things like read files inside of filing cabinets while not actually being there, or move pressure gauges and dials and sensors within vacuum chambers at secret military installations without permission. Uh, and they were able to do this because somehow, phenomenally, just like in the movie The Matrix, their perceptual awareness was shifted. They were able to realize that human consciousness is not just contained within the physical body and the brain, but is a field of awareness, just like the electron, that can be superimposed or superpositioned throughout time and space and reality and actually view and see and maybe even interact with anything throughout history and space-time. And we are interdimensional, uh, transdimensional beings as human beings, and we just don't realize it. And so the entire movie of The Matrix and Neo coming to this awareness is sort of this same mythos, the same lesson told again that echoes even today. And with Yuri Geller was an actual fact. Uh, he was able to use his conscious awareness through meditation to not only bend spoons, but he could melt them in half and the ends of the spoons would fall off. He was able to detect uh, ball bearings inside of closed sealed containers without knowing which one it was in and also remote view and draw uh, all sorts of different targets without actually realizing it. And so it's kind of fascinating when you realize that the government was highly involved in actually investing in this psychic research and remote viewing for counterterrorism in uh, spying tactics and finding missing persons and also in uh, trying to manipulate uh, reality, including the idea that seeing reality and consciousness in it from a different altered way and a different perceptual way provided people with this some sort of supernatural ability to reshape reality and even bend spoons or change things <laughs> in a way that isn't normal. And so here you have actually Yuri Geller. If you haven't seen um, the, there's movies about uh, psychic spies and different things like that about remote viewing that I highly recommend that are available that you should go check out. And this is actually Russell Targ. And he is a, also a prominent remote viewer, but he was a researcher uh, at Stanford Research Institute. All of these guys have different interesting connections as well to ufology. Uh, Russell Targ and Yuri Geller and these guys were all working with Hal Pudoff and, and uh, Ingo Swan, and they all have stories involving UFOs, extraterrestrial contact, secret work with uh, black projects in the government, and have written in their memoirs and autobiographies and told in 
countless different stories about how they've been used by the government to deal with the extraterrestrial and interdimensional phenomenon. And they've used remote viewing and psychic means in order to do that. So really this concept of the matrix, that there is no spoon and that reality is different. Space-time is different dimensionally than we realize and that human consciousness is a big part of that is all something that is real. It's something that you can look up on the CIA websites and that you can find out is something the government spent vast amounts, millions of dollars on in order to research and probably still uses to this day. And so you, here you actually have Hal Pudoff I'm showing on screen and Yuri Geller doing psychic telepathic research and remote viewing experimentation. And these guys now, Hal Pudoff is part of To The Stars Academy, working with Tom DeLonge and former people from Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, developing advanced anti-gravity technologies and trying to reverse engineer exotic materials supposedly recovered from extraterrestrial craft. So it's very fascinating and it, uh, it's not only tied into the Matrix and this new Matrix movie, but it dips into current ufology and the interesting secret projects that the government and the CIA are involved in uh, about the true nature of reality, human consciousness and awareness and actual psychic abilities. And so you have the evidence everywhere you look that not only is the movie The Matrix fascinating and fun science fiction, but there's a lot of science fact, which means that people like me and you can research these sorts of things like looking into the Monroe Institute and out-of-body uh, travel, which all of these guys were involved in, uh, but also uh, modern research like uh, that's going on at this that was going on at the Stanford Research Institute. And uh, modern remote viewing techniques are one of the most credible ways that you can study this stuff and become more like Neo in the Matrix and understand the true nature of reality and human consciousness not being so physically constrained the way that you thought to begin with. Uh, this is a gentleman named Donald Hoffman. He's a modern philosopher and scientist and statistician who actually has run the numbers and the statistical probability that if evolution and evolutionary principle uh, principles are correct, uh, even at a basic level of survivability, what are the odds that physical reality as we see it actually is what we are perceiving? Meaning when you look out across the room and at the computer or your phone or whatever you're doing, driving in your car, and you look out the windows at reality or out your eyeballs and listen and perceive reality as it is, what are the statistical probabilities that that is factual, that that's 100% real? And the truth is, is that the odds are, according to his research, Donald Hoffman's, uh, his book, The Case Against Reality, the odds of that being probable is zero, meaning that everything that you perceive in physical reality, according to Donald Hoffman's research, shows that it is an interface, it's an illusion of reality, meaning the survivability of it is more advantageous to not perceive reality as a whole. And he gives a really cool example of this. For example, he says, if you're a centipede and you had, you know, a hundred legs and you were trying to get across the floor of the jungle in the Amazon, if you had to consciously think of every single step of every single leg 
that you uh, that you're going to take across the jungle floor, the amount of computations that would have to occur within your mind would be absolutely unbearable. You just couldn't do it. You could not think of every single detail of every single neurological impulse that had to take place in order to move the legs of a centipede across the jungle floor. The centipede would curl up and die. And so it has to be able to put most of reality and what's happening in order to run across the jungle floor with a hundred centipede legs into a blind spot. Everything that's occurring in order to get the job done, even picking up a spoon and taking a bite of breakfast uh, is something that at a molecular level, you have no idea how it's actually occurring. All of that is just happening as a conscious impulse of, oh, I'm going to take a bite of cereal. And there's a little bit of a thought that goes on there, but most of it happens autonomously outside of our actual logical control. And so the idea here is, is that reality uh, cannot be what we perceive it as. It is dumbed down into a user interface of icons, just like on your computer. So in the same way that you would open up a file folder on your desktop on your computer and say, I want to take this file and move it down into the recycling bin and delete it, uh, that is actually just a graphic representation of a whole bunch of thousands of lines of code and electrical impulses that are happening on the hard drive and the motherboard that go completely unseen. And what you see on the screen as pixels of light that look like a folder that you're dragging into the recycling bin is all actually just a user interface or an illusion to the fact of what's actually going on uh, underneath the surface. So behind the surface presentation of reality is this depth of substrate, this dark energy, this dark matter, or this light energy of... of uh, counter space, this void like a zero that we just don't understand from our three-dimensional perception of reality. We are locked into a matrix and can only perceive that there is a spoon. But the reality is, is that everything going on underneath the surface of reality in order for this to appear as just a spoon is infinitely impossible to even calculate or fathom and is really just kind of an illusion or a blind spot, like a holographic representation that we just say, spoon, we've got a spoon. And it's quite remarkable when you fathom it. Uh, I highly recommend going and watching this video, The Case Against Reality with Donald Hoffman and uh, Dr. Z. Go look him up if you want to dig more into that. Uh, you should definitely check it out. They discuss that. But you have to realize that everything that you perceive in physical reality can be accounted for just as the elements on the periodic table of elements. And some of them are not even physical. They're just radiation energies that we count as actual elements in the periodic table. So how much of it is actually the minerals and the substrate, the background electrical impulse energy or the magnetics of the universe, a hundred percent of it, or how much of it is the actual iron of the spoon? How much of it is the raw materials of the earth that the spoon was harvested out of? And when you get even deeper into that, how much of it is just made of molecules this energetic kind of like 
magnetic energy holding everything together. And when you look at the substrate, like helix of reality, these you start to see these sacred geometries uh, appear. And behind all of it, ultimately, none of this exists if there isn't a conscious witness and awareness there to perceive it. So ultimately, when you get down deep underneath the physical matter of reality, you realize that the subquantum realm and uh, of reality behind the atom, nothing exists without looking. This is supposedly, a, this is a picture I'm showing on screen, a photo of an actual singular atom suspended and then photographed. And what's fascinating is that you look at this atom, but phenomenally, look at all the empty space around it. Look at everything else around it that goes on infinitely. The empty space still goes on forever. And if you could go in deeper, what's inside that little speck? Is it just an energy? Is there an emptiness? Is it like a counter space or a black hole? There is still always something. And so in the end, there is no emptiness. There's a unified field of oneness that connects all things. It's very interesting. Now, this is actually a picture of a black hole that I'm showing on screen. And what's fascinating is that when you look at any, compare a black hole to the dynamic energy, manifest energy of even just a magnet, you realize that you have manifest energy in reality and then counter space, which is like yin and yang. This is our matrix. What you're seeing if you're watching this video on screen is witnessing everything from the matrix of the universe represented through a black hole all the way down to the black hole energy and counter space within a magnet uh, and, the, and how that comes out also as a light. And a lot of this obviously is invisible to us but uh, and can be complicated. Here's another better picture that shows um, this invisible magnetic energy that holds the fabric of reality in place. It kind of reveals the matrix, the illusion of light uh, that exists as our physical reality and non-physical reality of counter space. These are really uh, difficult concepts to understand, but for those of you that do, maybe you can fathom this. This is another picture I'm showing on screen of uh, a supercell revealing the electrical magnetic energy of the universe when just set on top of a magnet. And remember the earth is a magnet, the solar system runs on a, as a magnet, uh, the entire universe runs on a uh, dielectric and counter space and manifest phenomenal magnetic uh, system that we call like gravity and energy and dark space and plasma and physical reality. Uh, but in the end, all of this can be sort of revealed and you can see behind the curtain uh, when you look at it. Now, what's fun is when you get up to this level of the galaxy uh, and you look at the scale of a black hole it looks the same as when you look at a magnet up close. And this concept of a holographic universe is that everything is scalable. Meaning that with, if you do look at a, at a magnet or at the earth or at the solar system or a galaxy or at the universe, it's going to look like different scalable levels of the same thing. And oddly, you look at this black hole swirling energy and plasma light around it, and it also kind of looks like a red blood cell or a white blood cell in some interesting way. And here you have uh, the picture of a galaxy swirling, which also looks like a 
energy torus fields swirling, the sacred geometry that you see everywhere in the ancient uh, petroglyphs and hieroglyphs uh, represented in our astronomy, all the way down to the energetic manifestations of a magnet. If you put <laughs> a uh, supercell on top and reveal the sacred energetic backing behind the universe, our matrix uh, looks like this. It looks like a, a froth of energy, a soup of plasma, bubbles of black holes within black holes. And each black hole is like a bubble containing a reflection of all the other information within it and without it. It's like an infinite uh, hard drive, a infinite flash drive. And everything runs on this Taurus field of energy, this magnetic energy that is flowing with a positive and negative being on one side of the energetic field, this manifest reality. And on the opposite side is this zero, this counter space, uh, the emptiness that we don't perceive that seems like a vacuum. Everything that we perceive is the manifest light and energy of the physical reality. But that's not all there is. There's the opposite of that, which is the emptiness or the counter space of the physical universe. And so we as individual human souls are also holographically one with that reality and one with that universe. And this is reflected in the sacred geometry of the DNA helix of the human cells, of the way that everything flows and unfolds uh, electromagnetically through the body and up through the spinal cord. And if you go back into the ancient teachings of meditation, enlightenment, all the breathing techniques in order to activate the pineal gland, everything that has been taught in ancient times all the way up to now. And the deepest teachings are the same things that are brought up in the movie The Matrix and that Neo is, re is revealed and understands when he realizes there is no spoon, is that everything is made of one thing. It's all a unified field and us as a consciousness, as individual participants in it, are different points of views within this unified field of consciousness. And so just like planet Earth has this big magnetic field, each and every one of us represent uh, at, at a scalable level has the same sort of flowing magnetic field going around us, up through our spinal cord, out through the top of the head, around us like a big bubble, and up through the bottom of our feet. This is where the teachings of the chakras come in, aligning the different uh, energetic points of the body and the human soul through meditation and the mind in order to increase your etheric field and unify your awareness with the entire universe, the energetic flow of the universe, the same way that Neo and the Matrix realizes and then he's able to have these supernatural abilities just like ancient monks or spiritual leaders are supposedly able to do throughout history where they transcend the limitations of physical human bodies and the physical reality in order to raise the dead walk on water uh, feed people uh, to fly to teleport to remote view to channel different entities and consciousness from outer space, to make contact with higher dimensional beings, and to break the laws of physics and reality. And what's fascinating is, like we already touched on, is that the government and even the CIA and their secret programs and projects has been heavily involved in doing this 
forever <laughs> since uh, clear back in the Cold War since the 1970s when they realized that Russia was doing that. So what this means is that what we are as physical beings is not just physical beings, but every night when you go to sleep, our consciousness is involved in a dimensional reality in our subconscious mind when we tap into it and understand it using different uh, approaches like uh, the CIA has used and ancient uh, gurus and meditators have used, you can sort of tap into the substrate code of reality, the Akashic library, the hard drive, the source information of the all of the universe behind just your individual uh, sense of identity. And you can wander this uh, library, this informational source code of the universe, kind of like Neo and transcend the physical limitations of reality. And you realize that everything in reality is a oneness with even your sense of self and your surroundings. And, and you are not separate from all of that. And energetically from the smallest molecules to the subatomic particles, all the way out to the planet, the solar system, the universe, and everything as a whole is technically this sort of manifest projection of reality that we perceive as a life, as the as our car, as the city, as the office, as your friends and family, even as your physical body, and even as the spoon that you're eating your breakfast with. Um, like a holographic simulation or virtual reality, we are in this perceptual awareness that is who you are. You are only ever going to be what you are noticing like a prism set within the infinite information of the universe that is outside of the limitations of time and distance, that it contains everything that ever has been and everything that ever could be, this infinite amount of fulfilled, fulfilled ful fulfillment. I don't even know how to say the words right. And then you, as an individual particle, set yourself down inside that infinite immense cloud like a crystal. And as a prism, you suddenly have a perspective that is different from the prism or the perspective next to you. And that unfolds a reality that is different for you than everyone else. And so you have different perceptions of reality, um, all nestled like a froth within this unified field. I might be talking over a lot of people's heads, but I'm going to keep going because it just feels... Uh, good, and I feel like there are people out there that this might feel close to home to and resonate with. And I've got a lot of requests to dig into this topic a lot deeper. But at the end of the day, you have to admit that everything in your physical reality that you consider your day to day life, your family, your possessions, the planet Earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, everything, even your physical body, at the end of the day, everything that you perceive is accounted for in just the colors of the rainbow. There is a limited uh, spectrum of colors from violet <laughs> all the way up through the different colors up into infrared that fall off of your visual pers uh, perspective of awareness and into this infinite realm that we just don't perceive. It seems like a big shadow to us. But that doesn't mean that that's all there is. It just means that we are stuck in a limited perspective. For example, just the difference between what humans can see and what a snake sees. Snakes can see into the infrared. Uh, 
they see more with their sense of taste than they do with their eyesight. So their concept of reality and the physical uh, nature of reality is perceived completely different than ours. And so is each individual person's. Just looking at the way every different creature has a different set of eyes, a different way of seeing, means that they each live in their own little matrix uh, within the uh, conscious universe and everything that you perceive. Our limitations are so narrowed down that in the end, your central point of view when you look out across the room or out into the horizon is actually just a few centimeters wide. You can only see a couple of inches in a circle or like an oval and everything else around your point of view is actually really blurry. Uh, you can only see a narrow tunnel vision of awareness and the rest of your perception is fairly assumed, uh, which you have to realize is very limited. So the idea of the movie The Matrix is that what you perceive in reality is not all there is. It is a very limited spectrum. And there could be a vast amount of spectrums of reality that exist outside of just what we perceive uh, through with our five senses. For example, you have everything uh, from gamma, gamma rays to X-rays uh, to infrared to radio waves that are all different dimensions of reality, if you want to call them that. And we only exist and perceive the visible light spectrum, which is a tiny little sliver of that, a tiny little surface tension within the entirety of the universe. And you can look at the radio waves or infrared, uh, the ultraviolet or x-rays of the universe and realize that even then we have to use equipment and we're still limited to only looking at it, these constrained colors of the rainbow that we have to adjust our computers and visual systems in order to reveal to us. But we know that animals, creatures, and other things exist or entities possibly could exist in these realms outside of just our limited sliver of perceptual reality. And if that's the case, then these rules of physics and reality could be bent. Uh, take, for example, the optical illusion where you hold up a cylinder and uh, in the corner of a room and put some light on it. If you look at the cylinder tipped on its side like a soup can, uh, from one angle, the shadow on the wall is going to reveal that what you're looking at is a perfect circle. Paradoxically, it can also, if you look at it from the other side, it looks like a square. The shadow will look like what the object is made of is a square. But the truth is it's like a soup can or a soda can. It's a cylinder. And so this object, depending on how you look at it from your perception, the truth is a paradox. It can actually reveal two truths at once. The object from one perception is, and one angle, is a circle. From another angle, it looks like a square if you don't move and you look at it straight on. But if you reveal the actual object from a higher dimensional perspective, you realize that both are true. It is a circle and a square. It is a three-dimensional object revealed as a cylinder. It's a can. <laughs> and then ultimately you have to laugh because what we're looking at if you're watching on screen isn't any of that. It's a graphical representation of light of pixels on a screen. And we have a bunch of names for that, but ultimately it's uh, just uh, electrical signals flowing through the internet on a hard drive that all come from some power source in the universe that <laughs> is a phenomenon beyond our understanding, like the centipede in the jungle. You just can't fathom 
the amount of information going on just to be able to see what you're seeing on your computer screen. So it all becomes really fascinating when you realize that all three realities can be true. A circle, the square, and the cylinder all represent a unified picture of the whole. And so the idea of the matrix when we return back to the beginning of this is that Neo realizes that what he thought was just a spoon goes much deeper than that. Reality is not just the user interface on the forefront. What you see in the uh, as your life and as physical reality, uh, just as a given, isn't necessarily all that there is. Um, and that shows that we have these physical limitations in our perceptual awareness of reality that we have to admit are there. And by acknowledging these limitations, we can realize where we are missing out on the illusion, where we can uncover the illusions of reality, and where we're making mistakes maybe in our scientific approach towards reality and how we understand it. Um, and so it's a really fascinating thing when you look at it from different angles and try to understand physical reality. And the way to maybe approach this is the same way as Neo, is through the profound sutras, through the deep uh, realizations, through the sudden awarenesses and epiphanies, the self-awarenesses about who you are as a conscious being, and realizing that what reality is is just a user interface as a representation that is only a tiny surface tension uh, that represents um, a useful way to inter interact with reality that is not even a tiny amount of everything that's going on. And where it gets really fascinating is that when you dig deeper and deeper and say, well, what is the spoon made of? If this is 100% spoon, but it also is stainless steel, and it also is made of iron and subcomponent minerals, and it is also 100% made of molecules, which are 100% made of atoms, uh, protons, neutrons, and electrons, which are also 100% made of just an energetic field, which is also just <laughs> made of the subcomponent ether of dark matter and energy which also can only be perceived by consciousness, which means that everything at the ultimate substrate only exists if you are there to perceive it. So everything is you, and everything is actually a unified presence of your awareness. And just like in a dream, when you become lucid, you realize that everything in a dream is made of you, the dreamer. Every object in the dream, every house, every car, everything that you interact with, the street, the sky, the mountains, even the people that come up to you when you're dreaming at night and they talk to you are technically made of one thing. They are made of your consciousness. Everything in the dream is you, your subconscious awareness projected outside yourself as an interfaced reality that you can walk around in, participate in, as though it's outside yourself. Even if you look at your hands and interact with objects in the dream, you have to say, what are your hands made of, if not your subconscious projected outside yourself as a body, 
as a room, as an environment, as the road, as a house, as your childhood home, as a memory, as another person to talk to. And then when you wake up in the morning and you look out across the room in your bedroom and you go into the kitchen and you pull a spoon out of the drawer and you have to wonder deep down if this is not just the most real edge of that illusion, just like in a dream, what is the spoon actually made of? If not just my awareness, the feeling of the spoon, my name calling it a spoon, the idea of what the subcomponent parts are. And in the end, all of that is just a story in my mind. It's just consciousness. It's an energetic awareness of spoon. It's all a oneness with the presence of, of uh, perceiving it. And that's the same with who you are and who we all are in this uh, giant matrix of reality that may just actually be an illusion. And this is the fun part of this game is that this entire time that I've been talking for those of you that have been watching is I have been holding up this spoon and the spoon has actually been four spoons. <laughs> I've had four different spoons. And so what you guys may have thought and considered was me just holding up a spoon for the analogy was technically four different spoons. So I kind of created a simulated multiverse for you guys watching <laughs> and played a trick on all of you. Um, so that was fun. The entire time I was holding up those spoons, each spoon and each time I picked one up, it was a different one of four spoons. One of them's not even silver. This one's like gold plated and kind of dirty. <laughs> but yeah, that was really fun. Um, the idea of doing this show, I hope that you guys enjoyed this. I want to be able to revisit this hopefully on Mondays and do Mystical Movie Mondays where we dig into the philosophy. Let me know in the comments section over in the chat after you've hit subscribe and after you've turned on notifications, please let me know which of your favorite movies that have blown your mind would be the ones that you would want to see me do next. If I was going to dig in like this into the next one uh, and talk about maybe the movie Inception or Doctor Strange or Interstellar and talk about the weird esoteric knowledge, the philosophical uh, background and implications and philosophy behind these movies, let me know down in the comments below which one you guys would like me to do next. And thanks so much for joining over in the chat and the comments. I kind of uh, ignored the chat today because I was found myself in a flow state and just wanted to go with it. But I love you guys so much. I definitely saw all your comments and everything. And uh, I appreciate you guys showing up for me all the time consistently and being here. And make sure uh, to stay tuned because I've shifted my content a little bit. I'll just get some shopkeeping out of the way here at the end of the show. Now that I've got all that off my back about the Matrix movie. Um, over on my big channel that has 3.2 million subscribers, Carl the Crusher, I've started doing really awesome adventures, paranormal investigating, UFO hunting, and visiting ancient sites. I've been traveling to local petroglyphs, caves, and interesting, fascinating uh, locations. I've been to Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, recently and filmed a whole paranormal investigation at Skinwalker Ranch. I went to Blind Frog Ranch and got to tour that uh, and went to an event called uh, Phenomicon and met a whole bunch of really cool people, including Travis Walton, the UFO abductee. 
uh, and a bunch of other people like uh, Tom Dongo uh, and the whole cast and crew of Skinwalker Ranch, Blind Frog Ranch. Those guys were all amazing uh, and got a great experience up there with all those guys. So uh, stay tuned for that and make sure and subscribe because I'm going to be uploading a bunch of videos about those events and attending those and meeting everybody and my uh, uh, experience with going on adventures, researching ancient locations, and then doing modern day paranormal investigations and meditations trying to connect with the phenomenon and the paranormal in a, in a healthy uh, way as an explorer of reality and human consciousness. So thanks so much for joining me, you guys, for being over there in the comments section. Everybody, I love you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, we will see you guys in the next one.